welcome to the Policy in Plainer English podcast. I'm your host, Helen Laban, who usually forgets to introduce herself on these episodes, something that makes no sense since it's scripted. Today, we're continuing our conversation about using telephones in healthcare. Joining us virtually and through audio editing, we also have Nicole Keedy. I'm a registered nurse. I work for Little Rivers Healthcare at all three of their clinics, one in Wells River, one in Bradford, and one in East Corinth. I am the chronic care management program manager. Now, Nicole is managing a particular program at Medicare. It's relatively new and is designed to have greater engagement with patients who have chronic conditions. Think high blood pressure or diabetes. The idea will sound familiar from last season on value-based care, is that investing more in proactively working with these patients to manage conditions before they progress will be both better for patients and less expensive, as it avoids hospital visits, particularly ER visits and inpatient stays. The program is built around a care plan developed by nurses like Nicole working with their patients. As an RN, I can sit back and I can develop an outline of the care plan, identifying what their illnesses are, what some goals would be, and then I have a conversation with the patient. If the patient is not in a spot or a place in their life where they're ready to deal with certain parts of their chronic illness or they're ready to improve some things in their health, if I don't have them working with me, then I could set all the goals in the world and it's not going to mean anything and nothing's going to happen. So I work very closely with each patient developing their care plan. We talk about what their chronic illnesses are, but then we also talk about what are some of their barriers or stressors in their life. That's part of our comprehensive care plan. This is really important information because a lot of times it's those barriers or stressors that are preventing them from taking those steps that they need to take to improve their health. We look at all of that and then that gets outlined. And then we talk about what potential goals would be. And addressing the barriers or the stressors may include hooking them up with other resources, whether it's our clinical care coordinators who know all the resources in the state and communities and can help them get what they need so they're not so worried about maybe getting their food or paying for their utilities. And now I can focus on, oh, I can focus on getting my medication. I can focus on, you know, these other parts of my health. The primary care provider reviews the care plan, some revisions get made, and then it's time to put the plan into action, with check-ins from Nicole at least monthly. The system gets more bureaucratic than what we just said here, and that's actually one of the reasons why it hasn't taken off at every practice in Vermont. A lot of rules, a lot of paperwork. It's also certainly not the only model for chronic care management. For those places that do have it, though, the Medicare CCM program has some key features for navigating our current remote world. The first thing is that clinicians reach out to patients. Normally, virtual communications codes require that the patient initiate the contact. Here is the reverse. During this time since COVID-19, the outreach to our already enrolled CCM patients has stayed pretty much the same. We do most of our contact by phone. So we're still reaching out to all of our patients. We feel like we're reaching out a little more frequently because they're not able to get into the clinic or they they don't feel like they can get into the clinics or maybe they're afraid to get into the clinics. So we're trying to reach out to them more frequently just to check in, make sure they're doing okay, seeing if they have any questions, which they do. You know, a lot of our people that are enrolled in CCM are elderly 
and uh, they don't necessarily want to make the phone call to the clinic and ask questions. I think they're trying to be respectful or considerate and thinking that everybody's too busy for their little questions. So I think it, it's very valuable that we're reaching out to them more frequently and giving them the opportunity to ask the questions and, and making sure they're okay at home. That outreach is key in general for these chronic conditions. That's why the program is designed the way it is. But it's proving particularly important during COVID-19. A lot of times when you're making that phone call, the patient, maybe they've been sick or they haven't felt so good for a couple of days, but they haven't wanted to call the doctor's office yet. And we might be catching people before they get too ill. And one of the things that we do tell our patients that enroll is, it's like, okay, you know when you're home and you're not feeling quite so well, but you're not sure that you really need to call the doctor. And so you say to yourself, if I'm not better tomorrow, I'll call. I always tell all of the patients enrolled, that's the day I want you to call me. And then we'll figure out if you need to be seen sooner. And they, they're very comfortable with that. Whereas I guess they're not so comfortable calling in if they don't think, they don't really know if they're sick or not. So we're hoping that what that does is we catch people earlier, you know, not just for COVID, but anything going on. We all do it. Yes, I totally do that. I think probably all of us can identify with the concept of waiting to call a doctor until it feels really important. And we're learning that that moment for some people is too late. There's another point embedded in here that's a second key attribute that makes CCM so appealing right now. It uses the professional skills of registered nurses for remote work. Most telehealth codes exclude RN billing. And in fact, some practices are changing their workflows in ways that might not otherwise make sense to accommodate the billing codes during COVID-19. But here's a program where the patient moves through the health system in a logical way that works for everyone. When they call us, they don't have to go through the front desk and then go through a nurse and then go through their provider. They just call the office and they say, can I talk to Nicole or can I talk to Wendy? And they get straight through and they don't have to explain why. They just get straight through and then they can talk to us. So they like that idea. To them, it's like a faster triage. So they're not as hesitant to call. Like so many things, this program would be better to have had in place going into the pandemic, not trying to stand up in the middle of it. Little Rivers is developing a way to make it work. But Nicole notes that switching to a remote office has interrupted how they normally would have enrolled patients. Plus, the entire thing takes some time. As she's already described, relationships are built with the team serving each participant. Time and connection have been interrupted for the moment. Chronic care management is very much about building a relationship with the patient and, you know, identifying the barriers and looking at more than just the illness, but the person's entire life, their home, their resources, their stressors in life, and trying to get the other members of your team, your care resources, your mental health teams, all of that on board and helping you out and helping the patient with whatever they need. Even though we've been focused here on one example of a patient outreach program that spans pre-COVID times, we should also recognize targeted programs created in response to COVID-19. At Bi-State, for example, we're working with practices to review their patient data to guide outreach. OneCare Vermont has built a tool for practices in their network to use to shape outreach as well. Here, Tyler Gauthier explains the work. The OneCare Analytics team created a self-service application to help support patients who are most at risk of severe illness related to COVID-19. 
The application includes the full Medicaid and Medicare population for 2020 and is built off criteria that was advanced by the World Health Organization, the Center for Disease Control, and Johns Hopkins. The tool uses all of our claims data, both medical and pharmacy claims, and the Johns Hopkins Adjusted Clinical Grouper to identify patients with key chronic conditions that make them most at risk. The tool also includes cost and utilization metrics, as well as data that are collected in our Care Navigator platform, which is our statewide care coordination communication tool. Special thanks to Amy Baudet for sending me that clip when I realized the emails I had describing the outreach tool wouldn't work for a podcast. The full explanation will be linked in the show notes. Tyler and his team are building data-informed lists of patients who might require extra contact during COVID-19 due to a variety of risk factors. Practices can then follow up with each individual, a time-intensive effort that is not something clinicians get directly reimbursed for. Remember, though, that OneCare is also part of building value-based payment systems. We went into detail on this topic in Season 1, so we won't go long on it now. But the idea is to work towards receiving a set budget for helping keep your patients healthy. That accommodates many different outreach options, including this one, and it could be done without the heroic amount of paperwork that has put some practices off from programs like Medicare's chronic care management. Exploring how telehealth intersects with value-based care will be a topic for a future episode of the Policy in Plainer English podcast. (laughs) 